Quick reminder, don't forget you have until November 24th to enter our SparkJoy giveaway. We'll announce our winners during our best of show on December the 1st. Head over to sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash iTunes for instructions on how to leave a star rating and written review for the show. Then send us an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com to let us know you've left a review. Be sure to include your iTunes username for a chance to win one of three coveted Kanmari-themed prize bundles that will definitely spark joy in celebration of our three-year anniversary. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we're going to talk about why it's so hard to say goodbye when it comes to some of the things we've acquired in our homes and lives. We'll share four reasons why it's hard to let go and four tips to help you release possessions that aren't serving you anymore with confidence and gratitude. We cannot promise you that it will be easy, but we can promise you that there is joy on the other side when you open up yourself and your space to new possibilities and true abundance. Before we dive in, it's time, of course, for a joy check. Karen, what's sparking the most joy for you these days? A couple of things. I don't like wool. I cannot stand wool on my skin. And of course, if you are also a person who doesn't like wool, you probably have experienced what I have during your tidying process. And that is you found you bought a lot of wool sweaters throughout your life, never really liking them. But for whatever reason, everyone seems to end up with a lot of wool sweaters. So one of the main things that happened while I was tidying is that all the wool sweaters went because I just can't wear them, which was a really good thing. The other thing, though, is that I can't really stand anything that is not very lightweight as far as blankets or TV comforters, you know, the blanket that you wrap yourself up in while you're watching TV. And I could never find the right weight comforter. And one day I was just browsing around on eBay, looking at some really beautifully patterned Indian fabrics for some reason. And I discovered there was this whole world in India of these seamstress who take old saris and turn them into these quilted, lightweight cotton blankets. And they are beautiful, and they're not very expensive. And so I bought one just to see, and I loved it. So I had to buy a few of them, not too many, a few, for different rooms and for different purposes. I now have one as our bedspread, believe it or not. And they are gorgeous. And I stack them up, and they are brilliant vibrant colors and patterns. They are recycled, of course, which makes me feel really good about reusing these fabrics that are so gorgeous. And they have just brought me so much joy. I cannot believe that I had not ever known about this. So it's definitely something if you're looking for a lightweight blanket for your bed or for TV watching or whatever, look into recycled sari fabrics. They're just amazing and delightful. The other thing that I started doing it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, but just never 
explored it much. And that was origami. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm terrible at it. The only thing that I can make so far are the little cranes, which I think is basically origami 101. But it is so fun. I try to make a couple a day so that I am, you know, getting a little bit of practice all the time because it's easy to forget unless you do it a lot, exactly the little folds and what goes where. What I love about it is that as soon as I'm tired of it, I can just recycle the paper. I'm really looking forward to just exploring it a little bit more. And of course, it definitely taps into my passion of all things Japanese as well. Kristen, what about you? What is sparking the most joy for you these days? Well, my joy sparking moment revolves around clothing and my closet. I have, like many, been leaning on my very comfortable clothes during quarantine. But I also have longingly looked at all of my dresses and fancier clothes or things that I would wear regularly if I was going to places and gathering like we all used to do <laughs> frequently. <laughs> and just kind of looking at them like, wow, you know, I'm not going to be using you for a while, but you all have inherent joy. So how can I store you in this very, very honorable way, kind of refreshing my closet within the context of quarantine, doing some light Kanmari essentially. And it's been really, really fun. Uh, I've made my closet a lot more efficient and I have let go of 30 items, which totally shocked me. The wow. reason why I was able to let go of so many was that I was leaning on an app called Stylebook. It is amazing. I'd heard about it like 10 years ago or whenever it came out. And it's literally been a someday project on my list for that long. So I finally got to this someday project, which is to load every item in my closet up into Stylebook app. And it turned out there was 550 items that were in my closet. And this includes everything from yoga socks, earrings, to, you know, jeans and dresses. So every last thing is now cataloged. And I've had so much fun making outfits for one day, someday <laughs> to wear. You lay them together, even post looks for each calendar day, record what you're wearing frequently, what you're not wearing as frequently, enter the price of clothes. Like there's so many things you can do on this app. So I've started to do this mainly because I'm trying to shop more mindfully. I know that I can be triggered by boredom when it comes to shopping for clothing specifically. So whenever I get triggered, I instead go to this app and play around with the clothes. Uh, it's like my, you know, candy crush, basically. I have really had a, a great time really shopping mindfully by shopping my closet through the Stylebook app. And it ties back to my TEDx talk, which is also now live in public. Over a thousand people have checked it out so far to wow. this date. And so it's been really fun just talking to people who have seen it. And it's inspired people to confront their Amazon purchase history, which is perfect for today being Prime Day. So if you want to learn more about how to really mindfully apply Kanmari to your online order history, definitely we'll link my uh, TED Talk in the show notes. Great. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm really interested to learn more about your the Stylebook app. And then, of course, I have seen your TED Talks, but I bet a lot of people have not. So I definitely encourage you to take a look at that. All right. Now it's time to talk about the hard things and letting them go. The first reason 
is probably the most obvious. And that is reason number one, because it's sentimental. Sentimental clutter is the last signature clutter category in the life-changing magic of tidying up in the KonMai method for a reason. We have a tendency to attribute emotions to objects in much the same way that a child might look at their stuffed animals as almost being human and real. Now, of course, we don't think our mementos are necessarily living, but we certainly can ascribe to them qualities that almost make them seem human at times. Now, of course, everyone is different with what they see as sentimental or even the degree to which they may view things in their lives as being sentimental. For some of us, and I was certainly one of these people, it was really hard for me to see beyond the emotion or the memory associated with so many things in my home. For other people, you know, they really don't care that much, but it definitely tends to be a very divisive category for people. And this is exactly why we save decisions around sentimental items for last. Anything that takes you a long time to decide, anything that takes you a long time to process, anything that brings up emotions, we have to get a lot of other decisions behind us before we can even begin to tackle sentimental items, which often are associated with sentimental projects that extend from the Kanmari event, like maybe framing something special or going through photographs and making albums. So the best thing that you can do when you are trying to decide whether or not to keep or let go of something sentimental is to finish the other four categories that precede the sentimental category. If you're having trouble letting go, definitely remember that we have talked about this idea of death cleaning in episode 21 of SparkJoy podcast. And also reference SparkJoy episode 55, where we invite Bonnie Shea to come on the show and discuss how she organizes a legacy of photographs. And make sure to have those conversations now rather than waiting too late. It's so important if you have strong intentions to pass your sentimental items on to someone else that they're aware of this and it fits into their vision of their ideal life and lifestyle. So important to have those conversations now before it's too late. There are some practical and maybe some not so practical ways to deal with sentimental clutter as well. You can always take a picture of an object and save the photograph as the memory. So for example, if you have a lot of bulky items that represent, I don't know, sporting goods or sporting trophies, for example, or maybe your child's macaroni artwork from school that is really too bulky and not practical to store safely or to maintain it in any way, a photograph can go a long way toward holding onto that memory and allowing you to share it for years to come. You can also think in terms of making a shadow box. Shadow boxes are great for small items that you can display on the wall. There's a lot of little practical things you can do. Scrapbooking, everyone does something a little different. A lot of people will take things like their favorite baby clothes from when their kids were little, or maybe their rock and roll t-shirts. They make quilts out of them. There's all kinds of things that you can do with the object itself. But another thing to consider is understanding that not everything represents 
something equally important, gaining an understanding that the amount of sentimental items that we have in our lives really begins to diminish the importance of all of them. So for example, let's say that you went on a trip, a wonderful trip with your family and collected every single map and brochure and guidebook and ticket stub along the way. Now, each one of those objects represents a moment in time that you spent on this wonderful trip, but a box full of those things begins to lose its significance. We feel that if you really take a good hard look at the accumulation of those objects, you will begin to recognize that some things are just more important than others. And that process will help you determine whether something is really meaningful or if you're just hanging on to it. Keeping everything from an event is not necessarily honoring the memory. Next, we have the second reason why it's so hard to let things go. And that's because maybe we should keep it just in case. We don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict every future event or circumstance. I think the pandemic is an example of that for sure. Even at the top of 2020, we didn't know that masks and gloves would be so essential to our everyday life. We can only make the best decision about whether or not to keep or let go of something based on the knowledge and the resources that we have in the moment we're making that decision. And we almost always won't get it perfectly right, but we should definitely trust our judgment because we can't anticipate everything, which is why it's so important to keep the vision of our ideal lifestyle and ideal living environment in mind. Because therein lies the boundaries that we can put around the things that we keep around just in case. If you're struggling over justifying these things that you're keeping just in case you need them one day, tap into your logic. So sometimes when we're dealing with those objects that are kind of hard to release, we can lean on some rules to start to ground our decision making like the 2020 rule, like we mentioned in previous episodes of Spark Joy. If you can replace something in under 20 minutes for less than $20, maybe it's not super essential that we keep a large number of those things around. Also, you can try to make a list of the things that you are saying, I'm going to keep this just in case something happens. Sometimes just taking a moment to write down and being more aware of the number of times that you are making that determination can be super helpful. It's also very important to manage your own expectations and aspirations about the person that you are now or that you hope to be in the future. Just in case can mean that you have a closet full of clothes that fit you 10 years ago and maybe are unlikely to fit you again or Maybe if they did fit you again, they would not be your choice of clothes to wear at all. Or maybe you're hanging on to hobbies that you thought you might enjoy and think maybe you'll enjoy again. So you're holding on to them just in case of some future event that may or may not come. So it's important to think in terms of who you are. And again, this is where the vision that you have for your best life going forward is so important. You can always go back to episode 115, Someday Aspirational Items and Unfinished Business for more conversation around that idea. 
The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. And the third reason why it's so difficult to part ways with some of our items around our home is that we don't want to be wasteful. We are all about being careful and conscientious when we're moving objects onto their next phase of their lives. Reduce, reuse, and recycle definitely applies to any good and thorough tidying event. However, we also feel that sometimes really deep-seated beliefs that we have incorporated into how we view things around us can make a huge impact on what we perceive as being wasteful or not. When I was a little girl, we had chocolate milk often. Chocolate milk was a big mainstay of our diet, myself and my little brother and little sister. And we had a big box of drink mix that mom would scoop out with a spoon and mix with milk. And that was, you know, quite a treat. However, one day we were in the grocery store with mom and we spotted those little packets of drink mix with the marshmallows. And you bought the box and opened up the package and created chocolate milk with marshmallows. And this was really an amazing concept to us because we had, I don't know, maybe it was a new thing or maybe we had just never seen it before. But we insisted that our mom buy this, even though it was the packaging and the cost was way above and beyond the regular drink mix that we had used all the time. We got home, we made some of the drink mix, and we hated it. It was terrible. It was not what we were used to. It was inferior to what we had mom make us uh, for our drink. And it ended up back in the cabinet. Not too long after that, my dad stumbled upon it. And I remember he was so angry that we had talked mom into buying this, that that he made a huge deal about how it was wasteful and how we shouldn't be buying things unless we knew for sure that we would use them because it was just not good to be wasteful. So I recognized that all my life, I've had this real thing about not wanting to waste something, even if it wasn't for me. So when it came to my Kanmari tidying event, I had a really hard time getting into this mindset of it just being okay to let go of things if they don't work for me. Because it was really ingrained that that keeping something that was just going to go to waste or would just get tossed or would not get used was a real, just not good thing. It wasn't good for the environment. It wasn't good for the bank account. And it wasn't good just in general to waste things. So that was something that even though it was a small thing and not that big of a deal, and even not that much money, but not even that big of a deal. I think if I asked my dad and mom about it, they would like have no idea what I was even talking about. But it really made a big impression on me at that age. So that was something I think that all of us can take a look at as far as what is it in our past 
that is influencing how we feel about the objects that we're keeping in our lives today? Not only can our past influence us, but also our concern about the future. Far too often, as I declutter with clients, I see situations where they know they don't want or will absolutely not use something around their house, but it hangs around because they can't find an environmentally friendly way to dispose of it. And it starts to take up a considerable amount of time, energy, or resources to let the item go. So therefore, it just sits around and it's an open task that is significantly delayed, taking up precious mental space as well as physical space. The truth is there are limits to what can be recycled, repurposed, or donated. So don't let this block you from your joy. Do the very best you can to let go of things as responsibly as you would like to without creating circumstances that stand in the way of you achieving the vision you're working so hard to manifest. It's also very common for people who don't like to waste to take on the discards or rejects of others. I think a great example of this is when your kids don't want to eat the vegetables on their plate. Do you put them in the trash or do you eat them yourself? Say, oh, you don't want those green beans? Oh, I'll eat them. You don't like those carrots? Fine, I'll, I'll eat them for you. Rather than let them go to waste. Or maybe something like, oh, you don't want that sweater? I bet I can use it somehow. I'll wear that. Or, oh, I don't give it to those towels. I'll use them for rags. This idea that even if it's not good enough for someone else, it's good enough for us. And that really, I think, is an important thing to acknowledge as far as how you value yourself, your own judgment, and what it is that you want for yourself going forward. As you go through this process, you'll begin to realize things that may surprise you, that the things that you thought were valuable or important to you no longer are. And you will make better decisions in the future about what you bring into your life, whether it's on your shopping adventures or whether it's accepting donations or discards from family members, for example, or even the way that you allow gifts to enter your home and your life. If you're having trouble letting go because you don't want to be wasteful, it's important to check in and recognize when you're operating from a place of scarcity versus abundance. So scarcity would mean you're thinking, I don't have enough or I need more versus abundance, which is I have enough, I don't need any more. When you find yourself leaning on scarcity rather than abundance, think about how you can tie an abundant mindset with the idea of reducing your consumption. For example, recycling gets tons of attention and it's great to do, but don't forget about the impact you have on your future and the future of the planet by leaning on the reduce aspect of reduce, reuse, recycle. Practicing the art of no thank you. For example, when someone tries to give you something, not only are you saying, mm, I'm not going to take this on as something I have to then be responsible for. I can not feel pressured and take more control of this situation. You're also expressing that you are abundant in that particular category, whether it be an ink pen, a reusable bag, or a sticker. Making that one small decision can impact your mindset moving forward. 
We're all spending a bit more time at home these days for the health and safety of ourselves, our family, and our community. Are you feeling a little too close to your clutter for comfort? Maybe you're buried under stuff in the home office or craft space, or you're trying to carve out dedicated space for work or homeschool in your basement or on your dining room table. Or maybe you've noticed just how much time you're wasting looking for important papers and emails instead of shifting your time, energy, and resources towards the things that truly matter. During quarantine, my number one priority is to get as many people as possible clutter-free and prepared for the other side of this challenging season. If you're regularly asking yourself, where should I put this? Or am I letting go of enough? Or am I even doing this right? As you can Mari, a customized virtual tidying experience may be the perfect next step for you. While stay-at-home ordinances are activated, I'm continuing to offer virtual Kanmari-based active tidying lessons, including a tidy desk special, perfect for those working or learning from home. Visit ForTheLoveOfTidy.com and click Free Consult to discuss the various virtual organizing options available to help you dig out and choose joy once and for all. As you can see, emotions play a very large part in why it's hard to let go of things. So before we go any further, let's touch upon some of the emotions that are very closely associated with the decluttering process. One is definitely guilt. Guilt around spending patterns, guilt around not using something, guilt around taking too long to start to get organized or to get through this decluttering process. And also shame, shame that we've let something get this bad, shame around not being able to allow ourselves to allow people into our space. And then fear. So fear drives a lot of our decision-making process. And again, this really ties into this idea of being concerned that something that we might let go of is something that we will need in the future. And for many of us, our homes are full of things that are maybe someday items. And some of that is based in fear. What if I do need that charging cord from a phone that I had five years ago? Or what if somebody comes by and they need that cord and I don't have it? Or the fear that maybe whatever kind of abundance you feel right now in your life may change. And and then there's anger, anger that the people in our lives have contributed to some of the clutter, maybe our family members or people that continually bring things to our homes. And then, of course, there's anger at ourselves for letting things get out of control as well. So let's talk about why it's important to move away from a mindset that is driven by clutter that makes us feel overwhelmed because it exposes us to a lot of unimportant stimuli. It thereby causes our senses to work overtime. It takes our attention away from things that we should focus on. It makes it more difficult for us to relax mentally and physically. It also signals to our brain that our work is never finished and that unfinished business sits in our subconscious. It also hinders our productivity and creativity. It also frustrates us by making it more difficult for us to find what we need. We stuff all these negative feelings and punish ourselves for our past mistakes, but never resolve how we got there in the first place. 
Which brings us to reason number four, which, as you will see, is one example of how guilt, shame, fear, and anger can drive our mindset. The fourth reason why it's hard to let things go is because it's valuable, also known as it costs lots of money, or it's brand new, or it's perfectly good stuff. I'll never forget one of the last in-person presentations that I gave at the very top of the year. It was Tidy Up Home and Legacy. So you can imagine, you know, 100 plus people sitting in a library auditorium representing many different generations. There was definitely a lot of conversations that we had during Q&A. But even during my presentation itself, I was walking through a how to make a decision about something that's emotional with a volunteer from the audience. And there was a guy in the front row who all of a sudden, once we reached the end of the exercise, just belted out, but what about the guilt? (laughs) And I will (laughs) never forget that moment because it was just so funny to me. It was like he could not contain himself. What about the guilt? Sometimes I joke with my clients that when we keep something just because we feel guilty about letting it go, it's almost like we're putting the word guilt on a shelf. It literally just stays there and it doesn't give us a feeling of joy. Every time we look at it, we check in and we have those other emotions come up like anger, shame, and fear. Guilt can be a very powerful motivator. We totally get it. It's very hard to admit that we've made a mistake in just about any circumstance, let alone when it is tied to a financial loss. Kanmai is not only an exercise in radical self-care, but also in self-compassion. To make sure you are taking care of yourself, if you're having trouble letting something go because of the value, you can choose to sell your items and get a little something back. Check out Spark Joy episodes 42 to 44, where we talk about different ways of selling things that no longer spark joy. Also, try to understand the true value. What you feel the item is worth doesn't really matter, unfortunately. What does matter is what the market determines your item is worth. So, check in with the experts online communities, or selling platforms to determine the true value, which can really help you when it comes to letting things go with confidence. Finally, lean in to the thank you. The thank you to those objects that no longer work for you, or maybe they never did work for you. You can thank them for the experience they brought into your life and let them go with complete happiness and joy, knowing that they belong to someone else now. And that rounds out our top four reasons why it's difficult to let some things go. Commit to an action today, a small step that you can accomplish today toward liberating your environment once and for all. If you change your actions, You face your fears and anxieties and your feelings will follow. Speaking of commitment, we'd like to send a special welcome and thank you to our newest Spark Joy Club members on the Joy Sparker level, Rachel Maloney and Brian Crimmins. Join over 200 serious tidiers who are making 2020 their very last year of being disorganized. We welcome you to extend the conversation around taking action living, and maintaining a tidy lifestyle. 
So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.